May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be always acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. All three scripture lessons today are about call. Not about calling on the phone or about robocalls or whatever, but about vocation, about a sense of call, about feeling and hearing a sense of purpose in your life. Whether towards the ordained ministry, towards uh, any type of ministry for which you don't need to be ordained, or whether towards a particular gift that you have. A gift for relationship, a gift for art, a gift for reconciliation. All of the scriptures today are about the sense of call. And every single person in the scripture today felt somehow unworthy of the call that they heard on their lives. Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips. Paul said, I am the worst, for I persecuted the church of God. And Simon Peter fell to his knees, saying, I am a sinful man. And to every single one of them, and to every single one of us, God in Christ says, you are ready. You are my beloved you have something to give. You do not need to be perfect in every way to serve the God of life. The God who called creation from nothingness. The God who can draw an oak tree from a stump. The God who can transform the life of a killer. The God who can fill empty nets that have been cast over and over again all night long. The God who can bring abundance where there seems only to be scarcity and nothing. With you and your imperfection, with you, the light of Christ can be alive, lit, illuminating in this world. Today, Christ calls us, as he called Peter and those with Peter, to stop fishing in the shallow, safe waters that we know well but to go out into the deep, risky, scary waters of, of vulnerability that we don't know as well. And in there, find a life of abundance. I believe that today Christ calls us to the depth of our life where abundance lies, even if we feel that our nets are empty. I believe that the empty nets 
that we hear about in the gospel today are not the end of the journey. They are just a part of it. And the word that we are meant to hear today from the scriptures is a word of grace, a word of belonging, a word of hope. Wherever you are in your life, whatever is in your life that seems too much for you to bear, whether it be a personality trait that just doesn't seem to change as you mature, whether it be an illness, whether it be loneliness, whether it be joblessness, whether it be a failed relationship, into that emptiness, Christ enters. Into that emptiness, Christ enters and walks with us until we get to the other side. Until we get to a place where we know that we have enough to share. Not only do we have enough not only are we enough, but we have so much that we can share it with those next to us, and we have so much that we can leave it to follow Christ. The great theologian, Presbyterian theologian, Frederick Buechner, talked about call and vocation. And he said that, really, there are two things that you need to discern or understand um, to evaluate your call and vocation in your life. And one is that it's something that you really want to do. And the other is that it's something that the world really needs for you to do. Right? He put it even more beautifully in this phrase where he said, Vocation is where your deepest gladness meets the world's hunger. And so, in those places where the world is hungry for beauty, for friendship, for food, for water, for justice, bring your mission, bring your passion, bring your gladness. I remember people used to, to treat me very differently after I had gone to El Salvador as a missionary. It was what I wanted to do. I, I had to work very hard and fight in order to be able to do this, to convince people that it was a good thing to do. And, and people treated me a little bit differently. They were just like, oh, it's such a sacrificial thing to do. How could you do it? But I did not understand it or experience it as sacrifice at all. I experienced it as deep meaning, as a blessing, where every single thing that was done had an impact in people's lives. Deep gladness was nurtured in me in that ministry and in all ministry since. So 
the dean of the seminary where I study, uh, Jim Finhagen, he was, um, when I first, the first year I went, he was still dean, wrote a book on vocation, and he said, no one becomes a minister. Instead, in trust, we so open ourselves to the Spirit that Jesus Christ can express his ministry through us. So we aren't to become these things that are revered, but we are to open ourselves in our ministry to the ministrations of Christ. We open in trust ourselves to the Spirit so that Christ can work through us, so that the message of Christ can be expressed through our relationships, through our lives. When we are called to fish for people, it's not that we are called to make greater numbers or more beautiful buildings, but to fish for people is to witness to that grace and power and love of Christ. Witness to people when they are out of their depths. To witness not about human unworthiness, but to witness about God's greatness. To remind people when the nets are empty that they will be filled again. To remind people when they are acting their worst, that Christ waits for them with complete forgiveness. To remind them that when things seem dire and nothing but a dead stump is left of the forest, a seed will sprout and begin to grow again. Brene Brown, who is an Episcopalian and has sold, oh, I don't know how many books, wrote a brief, she calls it, Manifesto of the Brave and Brokenhearted. And it's really, in many ways, a prayer. But it's about being present to, the, to life in the wholeness and fullness even when you aren't at the best time in it, or being present to those who are experiencing broken hearts and injustice, to walk with them as Christ would have, to know that that is not the end of the road, but just part of the journey. So her manifesto of the brave and brokenhearted goes, there is no greater threat to the critics and cynics and fear mongers than those of us who are willing to fail, willing to fall, because we have learned how to rise. With skinned knees and bruised hearts, we choose owning our stories of struggle over hiding, over hustling, over pretending. When we deny our stories, they define us. When we run from struggle, 
we are never free. So we turn toward truth and look it in the eye. We will not be characters in our stories, not villains or victims or even heroes. We are the authors of our lives. We write our own daring endings. We craft love from heartbreak, compassion from shame, grace from disappointment, courage from failure. Showing up is our superpower. Story is our way home. Truth is our song. We are the brave and brokenhearted. We are rising strong. So the story today is about fishing. There was a man who, you might have heard this tale, there was a man who had a terrible day of fishing. He considered himself a fantastic fisherman and he caught nothing that day. And so instead of going home in humiliation and with bruised ego, he stopped by the local fish stand and bought fish of varying, varying shapes and sizes. And before they got wrapped up, he asked the man who was selling the fish to toss each fish to him. The man looked at him and was like, all right, well, you paid for it. I'll do it. So he tossed the fish to the man who caught it. He did that three or four times. And then he said, now I can say I caught these fish. We don't need to do that when we fail. We don't need to pretend. We don't need to hustle. We don't need to make up stories. We just need to know that Christ walks with us. And that maybe the nets are empty today, but that is not the end of the story. Jesus calls us to the deep, to fish again, to witness to the worthiness, the power, the love, the grace, the forgiveness of our wonderful God. Amen.